Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Today, we continue on the subject of finding peace, joy, and focus in the new year. And let me begin by asking you a question. In middle age, do you feel like the sweetness has been sucked out of your life? replaced by continuous daily struggle, exhaustion, low energy, stress, and busyness? If so, wouldn't it be great to move from overwhelmed, passive, and out of control to empowered, fully engaged, and purposeful, even in the face of chaos? Think of the perpetual joy, tranquility, and satisfaction if you first could locate, then spend your waking waking hours in life's sweet spot. And let's face it, a vast majority of us at middle age are less than fully engaged or satisfied with where we are today in our careers, our relationships, our finances, or in some other aspect of daily living. And sadder still, most of us lack a solid vision of the peaceful and joy-filled future we are seeking along with a definitive game plan on how to get there. In fact, so many of us are stuck on neutral or off course, and we can't fathom how to get our lives back under control and headed in the right direction. That's really a frustration, isn't it? But how about you? Can you see your way out of that unhealthy job, declining health, rocky relationships, or poor self-image? And all those often tend to go together, don't they? Well, here's some good news. My guest today, Dr. Peter uh, Borton, asserts that it's within our power, every one of us, to bring tranquility, purpose, and genuine satisfaction into our lives, a way to engage in whatever brings meaning and unrestrained joy to your life, your very own sweet spot. And no matter how chaotic and seemingly out of control your current situation may be, and Dr. Borton is here to tell us how. And um, Dr. Borton, along with his wife Brianna Borton, they're creators of the Rituals of Living online community and Dragon Tree, a holistic wellness organization with spas in Portland, Oregon, and Denver, Colorado, natural body care products, and resources for vibrant living. And Brianna is a mastery coach with extensive background in helping clients reach a personal breakthrough and life mastery. And Dr. Peter is a doctor of Asian medicine who helps people attain whole life, uh, whole health of body and mind. And Brianna and Dr. Peter Borton together are co-authors of the brand new book, The Well Life, How to Use Structure, Sweetness, and Space create balance, happiness, and peace. You know, by the way, uh, Brianna and Dr. Peter share a vibrant, joyful family life with their two lovely daughters, Sabina and Sailor. In short, the uh, the Bortons are a couple that others marvel at. How can you have so many irons in the fire, accomplish so much, yet always appear so relaxed, positive, and energetic, finding time for parenting, family fun, leisure, and self-reflection? 
And hello, Dr. Peter Borton, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Hi, Roy. Thanks for having me. Well, let's begin with the basics. In your new book, you tell us there are three fundamental principles of an exceptional life, achieving our goals uh, all the while feeling balanced and light. And what are these three principles? So these principles we call structure, sweetness, and space. And they're the language that we kind of use to lead people through creating this kind of a life. Oh, that's great. Can you give us a brief uh, description of what each of these mean? Yeah. Sweetness is our term for all of the the nourishing and feel-good stuff of life, from hanging out with friends to cooking and eating, um, going on vacations, traveling adventures, uh, taking a bath, exercising, looking at beautiful art. Um, and, you know, you specifically spoke to this idea of, of people feeling like the sweetness has been sucked out of their lives. And, yeah. Um, you know that this is the stuff that I think most people on their deathbed would look back on as the peak moments of their life, the sweet yeah. stuff. Oh. And yet, uh, most people regard this stuff as kind of something of a treat or an indulgence, something that yeah. can be uh, put off when life gets busy, something to wait until the weekend or to be put off even until retirement. Yeah, uh, we which we think how fun it was in the past, and, and you know, we don't have it now, or we. We think somehow it's magically going to appear in the future, but we don't really have a roadmap to get there. And right yeah. now we don't have time for sweetness. We're just too busy, too many demands on our time and on our energy. Yeah, and we think that's a dire mistake. Uh, yeah. In in fact, we, we really encourage people to start scheduling specifically sweet activities into their calendar so that they're non-negotiable and to simultaneously really begin to try to discover the sweetness that's in everyday mundane stuff. Well, how about the structure? We need some of that in our lives, obviously. We do. Yeah, so structure is our term for the kind of life architecture that allows you to balance all the all the things that you have going on and uh, and get you from point A to point B uh, in terms of every goal from simply getting yourself to work to, you know, much bigger, more ambitious goals. And everybody has some structure already in place, yeah. but for many people, their structure is kind of needlessly complicated or they, they didn't really develop their structure in a conscious way. They just kind of threw things together or they figured out how to do things maybe, you know, back when they were a young adult and never went yeah. back and, and revised it to uh, to figure out if, if really their structure is graceful and elegant and, and leaves them, you know, space and openings for flexibility and, why and did enjoyment. Why so many people let someone else be their architect rather than taking control of their own blueprint or design? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people are scared to change things or, or they've been living for a long time uh, toward someone else's expectations, maybe their yeah. parents or society as yeah. they were growing up, and they just haven't gone back to really ask themselves if the structure that, you know, uh, that defines their life is something that they even really want. Yeah, that's a, kind of a basic question that so few of us ask. What it's about true. space? What's the, the space element of the uh, 
So space is something that often people have the hardest time really putting a finger on and even a harder time prioritizing. Yeah. And when we speak of space, we talk, we, we, we mean both kind of mental space, the ability to, to not feel like your mind is entirely dominated by your own relentless thoughts and analyses and judgments and, and, every, and all the social media and all the other stuff that's yeah. constantly flowing through our lives, but yeah. that you actually have some kind of breathing room in your own consciousness. You have some perspective to see the big picture, and you're not, you know, your mind isn't your taskmaster. And it yeah, also we need refers... to go outside our own selves for wisdom, too, if we really want to advance in life. I, and, uh... I thoroughly agree, and that's something that we can only really access by giving ourselves the space to do it. Um, so that's how we kind of connect to a higher power. It's where creativity comes in. It's where insight comes to us by making that space, going out in nature, sitting and meditating, um, taking some deep breaths. Yeah. Well, let's discuss each of the three principles in turn, starting with sweetness. Now, sweetness... You define that as what feeds your soul and make life more satisfying, but uh, uh, my my sweetness isn't necessarily the same as your sweetness, right? We all have our own uh, sweet spots. But, uh... Yes, that's true, although I do think there are some basics that kind of are sweet across the board for everybody. I mean, yeah. taking care of yourself, taking the time to yeah. cook and and taking the time to savor your food, taking the time to move your body in an enjoyable way and and to engage with friends and family, have to have loving and supportive relationships. Those are kind of fundamental human needs as we yeah, see it. And, and love is such a sweet spot if it's real genuine love and not that self demanding love, you know, where you demand something out of someone else, but you just right. give yourself and for a lot of people, maybe having pets is uh, the most ideal experience of love they have because it's really so unconditional. I mean, you know, your your pet could chew up your favorite possessions or whatever, and you'd love them anyway. That's happened a few times with our dog, but he's passed away <laughs> now. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. But uh, Well, I'm certainly that every one of us would like to bring more sweetness into our daily lives. Can you give us a few ways to build energy through sweetness? I like that from your book. But, um, like the one, look great even though you don't have to. <laughs> That's yeah. So um, So, right. In, in the enjoyment of life, uh, yeah. really allowing yourself to... To savor it is—it's yeah. it, so—it's so, it's so uh, far from actually being an indulgence. It, it's really yeah. an essential and deeply nourishing and fortifying thing. So, yeah. um, so, so really, letting ourselves enjoy it—I mean, it's therapeutic and it makes yeah. us more efficient um, and effective at uh, everything else we do. So, I think a lot of people regard um, the sweetness, as I said, as something. To be, you know, to, to be given to ourselves as a reward, um, yeah. but if we would allow ourselves a regular enjoyment of the sweet stuff in life, I think we would show up to work and everything yeah. else that we have to do to manage our lives in a more effective way. I so, as you, you say, say, let yourself be fascinated by everything around you. You know, so often we have 
tunnel vision, and we don't even not even aware of what's going on around us. And uh, there's all the opportunity out there for uh, growth or uh, enjoyment if we just really relate to our environment. It's so true. I mean, I think in in the in the smallest things and the grandest things there's always something to be fascinated by and i think as soon as we find ourselves saying oh you know i don't need to look at that flower i've seen a million flowers yeah. then then clearly we've become jaded and we're, and we're we're disengaged yeah and i also love your suggestion to practice gratitude and to be alert for gifts that uh, they may be hidden but you can find them if you're alert and if you don't just concentrate on what's wrong, but uh, looking for those gifts and express gratitude continually, it, that's such a key part of uh, finding the sweetness in life, I think. It really is, because what you focus on ends up coming to grow in your at least in your consciousness at least in your consciousness if not also in your actual life circumstances so when you focus on what's working what's good what you have to be grateful for it inevitably ends up becoming the forefront of your focus it ends up being that you feel more satisfied and happy with your life yeah well let's talk about structure uh how do we uh what are some of the benefits we obtain from having structure in our lives? They may be fairly obvious, but uh, can you spell some of those out for us? Well, one of the most basic ones is simply being able to set goals and achieve them. Amen. And a lot of people have trouble with that. Yeah. Um, and really, I think we encounter a lot of clients who uh, sort of um, avoid structure because I think on some level they believe that it's going to be restrictive. It's going to limit their spontaneity or their yeah. freedom in some way. But it, it can actually allow you to be to feel way more sane and and actually able to be more creative and spontaneous because um, there's some simple order to your life. And without that, I think most people are trying to kind of keep track of everything in their mind, yeah. which just ends up making you so cluttered that there really isn't a lot of room for creativity anyway. So yeah. if you create structure and you have a basic measure of personal integrity in place, and that's very important, too, that you actually keep your agreements with yourself. Yeah. Um, then you can schedule out your life, and at any given moment, you know that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. There's no reason to even entertain ideas of what else you could be doing, because you've <laughs> scheduled for these two hours, let's say, to just yeah. play with your grandchildren or something. Yeah, whatever. And if you find your mind wandering to, oh, I could be, I should be, whatever. No, no, no. <laughs> you chose this. So stick with your choice. And if you if you actually uh, can allow yourself to simply be present in the thing that you scheduled to do at this moment, yeah. it's really a liberating thing. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to think about what else you should be doing. Yeah, I love how you say give yourself more balance and and there's certainly nothing wrong with abandoning those elements of your life today that are, as you put it, not up to code. <laughs> if you're the right. architect, you may find some elements in your design that you want to eliminate. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're not bringing you benefit. 
It's true, and and as I was saying before, I think for so many people, they haven't really taken a close look at their life structure on a regular basis. So we really advise people to include in their life structure a regular uh, inspection of their architecture and, uh, you know, to revisit whether everything they're currently doing matches who they currently are and what they currently want in their life. Yeah, you can't just set some goals and let them sit there for a year and then... uh look and say, hey, I didn't accomplish any of those goals. You've got to continually uh, you know, update and uh, see what's affecting you now and how, how you might want to modify those. But let's say like so many that I have uh, several elusive, loosely defined long-term goals in mind, like becoming independently wealthy, owning a successful business, finding an ideal romantic life partner, or maybe regaining my health if I'm not in the greatest of uh, health, but I never make any progress towards really defining my goals or accomplishing them. Uh, what do folks like me need to do to create structure? How do you go about doing that? Well, um, one way is to really take a single goal at a time, and at a time when you right. feel at your mentally sharpest, Um, that would be a good time to define that goal as clearly as you can. And and in our book, we have a section where we have people um, go into many different facets of their life, from career to health to relationships, and envision where they would ideally be three years from now so they get a really clear picture and even rev up kind of the emotions that go along with that so they have a, a very, very clear idea of where they where they're the nation is. Yeah, and you then need the, to envision what life will be like in three years once you accomplish those objectives and like virtual reality. You uh, imagine all the benefits and how wonderful you'll feel and uh, I think if you continually do that, uh, it helps you uh, along the road to actually accomplishing those objectives. Yeah, we, we talk about it in our book sort of as as giving gravity to this intention um, by by putting uh, by by really uh, stoking the feelings that would go along with attaining that goal, yeah. it's almost like we we give it its own gravity and it pulls us toward it, or yeah. it becomes kind of like a lighthouse that's yeah. always there in our mind's eye and illuminates the path to get there. And then Boy, that's from a, a great idea, that's a great concept. Oh, good, and yeah, I love that. So from a just a, a practical standpoint, we advise people to take those goals and consider what all of the different projects are that comprise that goal, yeah. and then take those individual projects and write those down and figure out what all of the specific tasks are that comprise each project. And these tasks should be kind of the 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 project as broken down into its smallest steps, that is... Yeah. You should be able to look at a task, and you should know exactly how to act on it. It should be immediately actionable, as we say, so that yeah, so these are what you put in your calendar. On it after you write them all down. Right. So, then you have to put it into your calendar, and you don't and want to put projects in your calendar because then you see a project there, and yeah. that kind of stops you because you have to figure out, you have to analyze and figure out what are the wait, wait a second, what do I need to do for this project? If you've actually broken it down to tasks, you should be able to see a task in your calendar and know immediately how to act on it. And then you don't have speed bumps throughout your day, but you just move from one to the next. 
That's great. Well, let's talk about the third principle, space. And you uh, gave us a definition of that, but uh, how do those that are of us that are perpetually busy with career, parenting, volunteering, recreation, whatever, how do we create space in our lives? What's uh, how do what is how do we do that? Well, I think first it's useful to recognize how much of our space we have relinquished, and there's something we call the human data stream in the book, which is kind of our our term for all of the data that moves through our lives these days, from TV and radio and newspapers to things like Facebook and Twitter and a million other sources of various forms of information, videos and audio and everything. That water out there. (laughs) It really is, and I think that a lot of people have at least something of a feeling that they should try to keep up with it all. And you can't keep up with it all. And if you try to keep up with it all, um, inevitably you're going to have to engage with it at a shallower level. You can only kind of browse. Yeah, that's so true. And if you recognize that you've started to go shallow, even with the things that really matter to you, like your personal relationships and the things that used to give you great joy, and you realize that you're not even going deep with those things, then I think you've really sacrificed something significant. So it begins with with a desire to have that again, that that depth and that and space. And if you if you go into the bathroom and you sit down on the toilet and you realize you don't have your cell phone with you and you start to panic. I think that's a pretty good wake-up call. That, sure uh, <laughs> uh, so for us, I think a big part of it is having a spiritual connection. And I know that people, that's kind of a sensitive topic for people. So we, we try not to define exactly what that should look like. But for everyone, yeah. Feeling connected to something bigger than yourself yeah, opens you up. God or uh, Allah, highest self, universal intelligence. You know, we all may have a different name for it, but there, there obviously is something beyond ourselves, and yet it's within ourselves. And uh, uh, any suggestions on how best we can connect with a higher power, whatever we might call that power? Yeah, I mean, I think to begin with. Have making some time and space to do that, like going out into nature oh, yeah. or meditating, um, are, uh, are are a great start. Yeah. Um, we also recommend things like uh, simply approaching life with innocence and humility, just yeah. rather than always act feeling like you know what a situation holds for you. Just you know pretend that. Yeah, you pretend like you're a traveler in a foreign land or a baby and just be willing to, you know, be open to what comes to you. Um, Wouldn't that be great to start each day with the attitude, what am I going to learn today or what are the opportunities to to learn something or uh, to uh, expand my universe, (laughs) Yeah, knowledge or whatever? And if somebody wants to connect to specifically a higher power in some, say, like a sort of a prayer format, yeah. um, we we tell people to be pretty simple about it. Just 
go to a space where you'll have few distractions, yeah. um, say hello, <laughs> open the connection, and then yeah. welcome the intelligence or, or love or guidance that are available to you and maybe express something that you're ready to let go of and perhaps yeah. um, ask a question or make a request for something that you want to invite into your life and then just be open and listen and say thank you and and that's it. Let let yeah, that it's, it's let so your highest self kind of guide the way. To listen, so many people when they pray, I think, uh, you know, ask for this, and then they don't really stop to to listen to what uh, the spirit is telling them. Yeah, that's that speaks to the essentiality of space. It's you need to sort of carve out a space in your consciousness in order for your vast unconscious and that huge awareness that is the divine to to be able to come in if you don't have space in there because you you're just going from one thought to the next and one activity to the next then you're missing out i think yeah well you've got me hooked i bet most of our listeners as well we all want positive meaningful lives full of sweetness structure and space but the question remains, how do we get there from here? And you offer six essential strategies to balance our lives and connect to our highest self. And I'd like to discuss some of those strategies in turn. Uh, your first strategy is to create a positive mindset. But for a lot of us, that's a lot easier said than done. Any suggestions on how we can get that negativity out of our minds and concentrate on the positive? Yes. So... We uh, advise people to kind of regard the good stuff in life as if you just sort of tapped into a vein of gold in the earth. And if when you encounter something good, if you kind of latch onto it and talk about it and share it and savor it and amplify it and run with it and then see if you can jump from one good thing to the next as if you're kind of following that vein of gold. Um, It's remarkable how well we can actually shift gears to having a more positive mindset by simply being determined to do so. And just as important as it is to focus on and amplify the good that we encounter, it is to recognize when we've kind of veered off from the gold vein into the dirt. So if you catch yourself indulging in negativity or, say, sharing something in an email or on Facebook or something like that that really doesn't serve to do anything but spread a negative idea, then maybe hold back. Maybe not pollute your own environment with that. And if you have people in your life who tend to have kind of a a negative mentality, it may be worth actually spending a bit less time with them or at least trying to sit back and witness the interaction and find humor in their perennial negativity. That's true. If you recognize uh, where yourself is headed in the what your own limitations are, you're much more perceptive in uh, terms of recognizing those same traits in others. <laughs> yeah. I like my, uh, one more strategy we can talk about. We don't have time to talk about all of them, but uh, optimize your wellness. As a doctor of Asian medicine, what behaviors would you advise we undertake to honor our body and mind and create a structure of healthfulness? Yeah, there are some self-care practices that we feel kind of yield the biggest bang for your buck in terms of the time and energy input. And those include things like um, exercise, which 
has benefits in so many realms, both psychological and physical. Um, Eating well, um, play and laughter, making it a priority, spending time in nature, um, deepening... I know you emphasize a good night's sleep, which so many of us ignore, but... uh, it's so critical for concentration, immune function, and energy. But, uh, it is. There's really no substitute for quality sleep. And so for a lot of people, they may be going on decades of kind of a degraded psychological outlook or energy um, because their sleep hasn't been good. And yeah. it doesn't, you know, no amount of coffee or anything else, really, energy drinks or other things, um, is ever going to substitute for quality sleep. And uh, so we advise people to do things like make their bedroom as dark as possible while sleeping. That often helps. Don't turn on any lights if you get up in the middle of the night, even dimming lights before bed and avoiding things with screen screens near bedtime because the blue light is specifically bad for melatonin production, our sleep hormone, and things like keeping your room on the cool side and... Uh, exercising during the day that helps us sleep better at night usually as well well this wellness life is uh, just such a vast subject we could talk about it for uh, for days but uh, we'll run out of time but uh, let's talk about your brand new book that you co-authored with your spouse Brianna Borton The Well Life How to Use Structure Sweetness and Space to Create Balance Happiness and Peace and first, let me congratulate you. It's only been out since, uh, I guess, the beginning of December, and it's selling very well on Amazon. But your book titled The Well Life, how do you define this term, and what does it encompass? Do I need well, a whole lot of money to accomplish the well life? <laughs> we what? don't. You know, I, I think it, it varies from person to person, but this idea came out of my and my wife's practices, realizing that um, we encountered a lot of people who were basically healthy, their minds and bodies were functional, and yet their lives didn't really work, and they weren't living anywhere near their potential, we felt. And so we, we realized there was a need to kind of expand our definition of wellness, and that whole life wellness should be a lot more than a functional mind and body. It should be things like having ample income and having work that feels significant and purposeful to you and having healthy and fulfilling relationships and having maybe an experience of spiritual connection um, and, and, and lots of play and enjoyment and the ability to set and achieve goals and many of the other things we've talked about. All of those things should really be part of a truly healthy life. Yes. Well, where should, where's the best place to go to preview and purchase your book? Is there any particular place they should go? Or? They can um, read about it on our website, thewelllifebook.com, or they can just go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or Books cool. Million. Any of those major booksellers will have it, too. Yeah, they had some very favorable reviews on uh, Amazon.com. I noticed that... Uh, a lot of people are, are very impressed with the book. and uh, Yeah, we've really been astounded and grateful for people's response. And um, we've been doing this work a lot of, for a, a long time in a, in a number of different forms. And, uh, and most recently, we, before this book, we authored a book called The Rituals for Living Dream Book, which is kind of a planner for starting to put these sorts of steps into your life. And oh, the stories we've heard from people using this kind of methodology, 
methodology that we came up with have really been amazing and uh, heartwarming. How many people have really turned their lives around and are incredibly um, satisfied with the new things they've created? Yeah, you don't have to be a genius and you don't have to be... uh you know, the most outstanding person on the block to achieve this this well life. And it, it really all depends on you, what you're satisfied with and uh, what your uh, goals and objectives are. In conclusion, many of us have come to a place in our lives where we've checked all the boxes, career, home, family, sound finances, yet we feel sad, unfulfilled, anxious, or depressed. And the good news, Brianna and Dr. Peter Borden have created the well life, which may be your medicine. And the critics praise the Borton's book as not just a book, but as a roadmap, including crystal clear and implementable tools to help you to a life of abundance, balance, service, and happiness on your own terms. And I highly recommend you uh, preview the Borton's book, The Well Life, as a possible guide to living joyfully out loud. And if you're of middle age, why not preview my book as well, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. That's a comprehensive guidebook for recharging life in your middle years. And thank you so much, Dr. Peter Borton, for joining us today. Thank you, Roy. And give our best to your wife and co-author, Brianna Borden. It's a wonderful book you two put together. And best of success with your book, your spas, and all your ventures. I don't know how you do it all and and yet have a time for the uh, lovely little girls. (laughs) Well, it's the methodologies in the book. We so appreciate it. Thanks, Roy. Thank you very much. And Happy New Year. You too. Well, I'm certain all of us can agree Brian and Dr. Peter Borton are one dynamic and purposeful couple. Uh, They know what they want from life. They're having a a great time enjoying living a balanced life and helping others go along the same path with that dynamic message they gave us earlier today, and I'm sure you'll want to preview their book. But how about you? Are you on a positive life journey at uh, middle age? Our question this week, are your mind and spirit prepared to launch the new, improved version of you? Here, We're not talking here about some total stranger. I don't want you to reinvent yourself. Rather, I suggest you combine a youthful, youthful zest for a living, which you may have had in your 20s, early 20s, maybe even your teens, but combine that with a mature judgment gained through 20-plus years of adult living, and that's a sure-fired winning combination. And if your life today is sidetracked, if it's on, uh, feels like you're on a siding somewhere and you're not really going anywhere uh, or you're not going in the right direction, I encourage you right this minute to make yourself five promises. And you don't have to uh, fulfill all these promises right now, but make yourself the promises anyway. Promise number one, no longer will I dwell upon past mistakes. That is such an unfortunate thing to do. You know, if only I had done this or if only I had done that, it really gets you nowhere and (laughs) produces only uh, frustration and sorrow. And number two promise, I hereby appoint myself as CEO of me, or based on our prior conversation with uh, with Peter Borden, uh, maybe you want to appoint yourself as architect of me, however you want to put it anyway. You're the one in charge, nobody else. Uh, The promise number three, moving forward, I will seek out and concentrate upon positive aspects of today and tomorrow. I won't always look for the negative, and I will spread goodwill to those around me. You know, just like a cold, 
goodwill is very catchable by others in our presence. And when we all catch the uh, goodwill bug, uh, everything seems so lighter around us and uh, everyone starts enjoying life so much more. And promise number four, if I don't have one now, I will hereby start putting together a long-range plan for where I want to be in five years and ten years, maybe even 15 or 20 years, depending on your age, and how I can start, uh, steps I can start taking now to get there. It's so important, not that they're uh, set in stone, but you have a tentative game plan of how you're going to reach those objectives. And be sure, when you think about the future, to experience it. Close your eyes and think of how wonderful life will be when you obtain those objectives. That's such an important part of moving forward. And here's uh, promise number five. Starting now, I hereby ban all worry and negative thinking for at least, well, let's start with 60 minutes a day, at least one hour of worry-free living. The ultimate goal is you keep working that up. Eventually, uh, I want you to have uh, like 23 hours and 30 minutes of worry-free living, and maybe you can cram in a half hour of worry if you must at the end of the day or early in the morning whenever you want to do it. But uh, the rest of the day, all that worry is banned, and maybe ultimately in 24 hours without any worry. And your next step is to fill the void left by discarded negative thinking with heartfelt images of that positive goal-oriented future, that uh, new improved version of you. Start living in your mind's eye what that will feel like when you're that new improved version of you and how it will how you will how great you will feel once you have that space structure and sweetness in your life like we talked about earlier in the program <clears throat> absolutely refuse to sell yourself short positive visualization is a wonderful tool and if you genuinely believe in your heart and soul that life's second half will be joyful and productive and it will. It will be fulfilling as well. And no one can force you to dread today and tomorrow. Stop that silly worry about the new president or all that other silly stuff going on. No one can control your mindset but you. And you may not be able to fully determine the future. Obviously, none of us can determine exactly what's going to happen in our communities or in the country as a whole or in the world. Uh, but you can condition your mind and emotions to anticipate and make the best of it every day. And we're here to help you uh, recapture the blessings of middle age. Be sure to go to my website, middleagerenewal.com. Download the free resources there. Preview my two books, A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines, both by Roy C. Richards. And if you want, you can send me an email at roy at middleagerenewal.com. Now let's all go out and uh, make this the start of something really big. Let's get on the right track to that life that we've only been dreaming about. There's no reason we can't have it starting today. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 